Hey man, don't you realize not a fuss to make this thing work, man? We've got to. Is it worth it? Let me work it. Work, 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 work. Is it me? Work. Unseen Welcome to the Unseen Podcast. What's poppin'? What's poppin'? We back at it. We back at it. Mel's in the building. What's poppin', Mel? Hey, what's up, Unseen? I'm here. Look, you already know we go talk about this uh, uh, work. Work, work, work. Because, look, we know everybody got to work. Um, but, look, mm-hmm. just to give mm-hmm. a little recap, I did the previous uh, episode to set it off with the... Uh, uh, with this work series, right? Why that's important to me is because we all work on some level or another, right? We gotta work, we gotta eat. You know what I'm saying? And we have a system more for that, a system which we know if we don't partake in it, we ain't getting no money, right? <laughs> it's the it's the capitalism of this system, right? And it's the way we must uh, uh, anything we consume, we we have to get it by way of currency, and you know, only way we can do that is work. You know what I mean? But I say that to right. say, um, like the previous episode called The Grind of Work, uh, on that episode, I was talking about um, your job, everybody hating their job. I was talking about um, making sure you have a grind because that really defines your true worth and all of that. But um, so some of that will just extend from that. But um, this, you know, today, where I'm co- really coming off of is really just uh, work, man. The politics of work, it being like a plantation. Um, all the different fugazi and some positive stuff that we can think about, but we know um, I, I, I want to really focus on the 85 percent of the people in the nation that say they hate their job. Right? Look, there was a research done, right? And um, and I'm talking about these research were conducted in a span of 15 years, not just um, people having meetings and asking random employees about how they feel. But this, 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 these were long term researchers. Um, I think even the website uh, Gallup. Who uh, specialize in um, doing those kinds of research for employee um, uh, um, employment in the workforce? Um, mm-hmm. They have many research in those contexts. And one of the thing about that is, is again, what stood out was the 85 percent of the people that hate their job. And then also you have um, majority of millennials don't like their job. And the big the, the big thing about them is that they job they job hop like crazy. And they feeling unfulfilled, unsat- you know, unsatisfied. Look, right. reason for that, let's get to it. It's one thing to point to for me. It's the work culture management. Now, look, get this, mm. right? Get this. Mm. This um, this great sister out of France, but she a sister. She did this amazing dope essay on um, the link between modern management and the plantation. Mm, okay. how, how it was born and bred on slave plantation, basically, and nothing really has changed. So, you know, one of the things we, you know, you and I talk in the past, and you heard me always saying, like, you know, slavery is not over. It was just remixed. Right. You know right, what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just a remix. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Somehow yeah. Diddy got involved, but I'm not sure when. But anyway, <laughs> they decided to be Diddy and reinvented, you know, reinvented the remix by calling it uh, uh, of the modern workforce. And we have these, ma- you know, managers and, and their house niggas, which was the supervisors. And by house niggas, I, I don't necessarily mean the black ones, but, you know, just the concept. Right. So what was crazy about that is, um, um, I mean, 
is is where the concept of tracking employees, basically employee tracking and analyze anything to be put into numbers so they can um, have a, a, a better understanding of the productivity and output and all of that. Right. So that's all like they were doing that since the days of antebellum and, you know, slavery and all that. And really nothing has changed because look, look. You recall in more recent time we've seen all these corporations, right? Um, yeah. That's been revealed as major corporations that partake in slavery, such as yeah. J.P. Morgan, Bank of America. You know what I'm saying? Right. USA right. Today. Um, a lot of the big insurance companies. I used to work for a Fugazi company called State Farm. You know what I'm saying? They started in 1922. Now, it's no secret that the fact the word farm is on is, is, is in there, that they didn't have the idea of a plantation like a workforce in there. You know what I'm saying? Now, I know they say it's because of the farmers wanted to get better insurance, but I'm going to call it because they started during the era, you know, and was present during the era, era of Jim Crow. So I believe that they really, really felt like they were running a plantation because many of the black people I know uh, um, know there today still feel like they treated them unfairly. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And mm. even their black, even their black supervisors and so on partake in those like and those kind of behavior. You know what I'm saying? So look, you working right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do your job feel like a plantation to you? <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Um, does it feel like a plantation to me? Yeah. Um, there's definitely times that, you know, I'm, I'm ready to clock in and be like, mm-hmm, right? There's a couple of times I feel like that. Um, Who's slang low? I, I got you. I think, uh, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the demoralization. Um, mm. so I, I, you know me, you know, off the podcast and education, kids, that's my specialty. That's my passion. Mm -hmm. That's my love. And of course, you know, working to help better my people, better the community, you better your kids, you're going to better the community. Right. Nice. Um, so I got to give you some context. So I actually worked um, for many, many years for a black owned organization. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm now with a predominantly white organization mm -hmm. and it's a distinct difference distinct mm -hmm. now i'm not going to say that you know when i worked for the predominantly black owned organization there weren't any challenges but there's definitely challenges that are things that i i never encountered before um one of which you know and i know we probably could jump into this at a later time mm -hmm. but one of this is now with everything that has gone on in the country um, with the mass shootings against um, unarmed black men and women um, and the social justice calls across the country um, for black black um, equity. Um, there's different buzzwords now, right? You know, it's, it's all buzzwords. It's just uh -huh. like, oh man. It's no yeah. action but buzzwords, you know what I mean? But anyway, yeah. Yep. <laughs> DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And, and having those conversations now at work it's it's taxing and it feels um like i'm out under the sun baking and picking to somehow benefit someone that is not me or looks like me meaning that um i'm now in a position where i'm being called upon to explain my blackness um mm. to other um colleagues who are not black um to break down this new conversation the new buzzword conversation 
of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and racial equity and racial justice. Mm. And I gotta say, that's that's probably been the most taxing thing that I've ever had to deal with in my adult life. Where instead of working on what my vocation is, the vocation of working with kids and in education and with youth, instead I feel like I'm going to a place where I'm being dissected and being chained in a lot of ways to this ideology of, well, we have to focus on this because this is what's going to get us our shine and bring us profit. So in a way, it's like me dissecting my my blackness is currency for the organization that I'm working for. Do you get it? So I guess that might be the alignment to a plantation in terms of I'm, I'm giving you something that comes from my soul. You know, my blackness is me. Like, I, I just am. And you're right. exploiting that now for your own profit. Gotcha. Got well. Okay. Okay. So that's the plantation right there. Because at the end of the day, it was nothing but exploitation. You know what I'm saying for their profits. Yeah. But 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 I, and I and I get your explanation, right? So and it sounds like you know. It, look, we we will dive into the diversity nonsense that 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 that, that whole BS that they do because that ain't nothing but a, a, a strategic program and just to show that they are in support of certain things. You know, equality. Really, really, it's the new version of the token nigga. Right, diversity of inclusion because that's that ain't nothing more but just including something that represent that you fear to the, to, to 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 a certain group. It's just a presentation because usually at first they used to have to hire, make sure that they hired the minority or shall I say black, you know, a black person, right, um, to just to fulfill the affirmative action laws and whatnot. Now, it, uh, uh, um, when everybody's now aware that of the token nigga or the token negro now they 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 realize the jig is up because the token nigga usually they just turn him into a white man or a white woman right so <laughs> so therefore let's oh it's easy to just include programs and call it diversity and inclusion this and that or allies you know what i'm saying which is a little bit different because like the ally programs it's usually making everybody or uh, uh, um psychologically encouraging everybody to focus on one group so that's not diversity mm-hmm. right the ally program you know and 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 when i'm referring to it at at, at the place that i used to be to it, it it was really just an lgbt program and it was to get everybody to support that as opposed to it could have just fit under diversity and inclusion if that's what you were trying to if that's what you really mean so i get the shtick of um you know diversity and inclusion but the plantation aspect let's 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 walk slow a little bit right um all right all right here's the thing going back to the sister and, and i'm gonna give a credit aminata Kone or cone you know it's a french name because she's in france but she wrote for you know website that's it um it's the stuff that she was um, pretty much um, laying out. It's the strategies, um, such as, say, for example, not only... Um, okay, you heard of people that work for call centers, right? Right, right, yeah. Like, I work in call, in call centers. Those are strictly, strictly run like a slave plantation. Mm, mm. And here's what I mean by that. Every, everything is tracked from your break, from the second you answer a phone... To, the, to how many clicks you will do if you idle or not. I mean, tell me that's not that's not micromanagement. That's that's really really plantation management. You know what I'm saying? So 
and the yeah. you know what I mean. But the premise of her whole <laughs> the premise of the whole um essay, as, as she put it, and you know, and as we know, is that the vast majority of employers um track and analyze anything and everything. That's really what modern day management is all about. Is what she was saying, and of course. We know that's not new because, again, pointing back to that's how they um, they actually manage the plantation. So the things that she referenced in there was some of those uh, data or, or research that was done from about 114 plantation between 1801 and 1862 and how they really, really productivity and how they manage the workforce. See, now let's let's interchange plantation with workforce or work site. All right. Mm. Um, mm. So the 114 work sites, the way they will manage, they track total output. But more specifically, the focus was the individual productivity that was closely monitored on the work site slash okay. plantation. All right. I think I see where you're going with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You don't know what I'm saying? And, you know, um, again, so when, when we think back of, back to it, what I'm really trying to say is management. And the way it's done in modern work um, workforce, it, it it was developed during slavery. And when we start thinking, look, when Jim Crow or slavery ended, did the companies that still exist today, right, did they really change something or did they, did they just obey the law and not make people slave and say, okay, we'll, we'll pay mm. them and eventually, okay, healthcare too. But really, the structure did never change, all right? So look, let me take it back a little bit. When we think of the concept of working, right, what do we work for? To eat. We're working to eat. Pay bill, mm -hmm. right? But mm -hmm. let's think about it. Let's think about it, right? Ain't we just paying bills to other plantation when we earn that cash? Mm, yeah. We really just transferring <laughs> that money to other plantation that's running other plantation workers, right? Almost like a barter system. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So we make it, but once we make it, these aren't wealth we get to keep. Right. right. These are well, see, this is now now right now we're talking about jobs. We ain't talking about owning businesses. You don't you don't keep no wealth. You just keep your money. It's like they give yeah. you they it's like they give you permission to use cash so you can go take care of yourself to make sure you're in good health to come back to them. Cause now look, the plantation, right. how how was it ran? They had to take care of you and give you a place to sleep and give you food, right? Right, right. So in other words, it's done to make sure that you're in a position where you can come back and be your quote unquote most optimal self. self exactly. Right? Um, and so where you, I'm going to chime in on that right quick. Mm -hmm. where you, I see where you're going with that in terms of, I know a lot of times, you know, if you don't use all of your PTO time, especially this past year because of COVID, mm -hmm. right? I'm sure in many people's workplaces, supervisors, management are saying, guys, you have to use your PTO, make sure you use it. Now, a big part of that is, you know, we like statistics in this country and we like to, you know, look good on paper, right? Mm -hmm. So many organizations, when you see this is the top business to work for or the top nonprofit organization to work for, many employees or prospective employees you know, you're looking for a place that has good benefits, good quote-unquote work-life balance, right? Um, good time off, things like that. So you can take care maybe of some little people, your bills, take a vacation, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you don't take that time as they see fit, it's not necessarily that they care about you. 
They're doing that because they want to make sure that they're still seen as an optimal place to work for so they can attract more people to come and work for them and be under their their control under their thumb so i'm with you on on a lot of that yeah. absolutely absolutely and you know what and i'm gonna touch right um i'm gonna touch on that but let let me pause for a second just to take a quick break and we're gonna come right back to that Gotta handle biz, no days off. Man, you gotta do the work until it pays off. Them hustlers in the rental dropping gate off. The Ku Klux wanna kill us off, just like Adolf. Nah, we moving tactical and practical. And we ain't with the myths, this is factual. Go and read it for yourself and don't be simple minded. Them suckers writing out them checks, but they couldn't sign them. I'm street circle. All right, so look, we back at it. Okay. So we would talk about how they pretty much, um, and again, I'm trying to uh, make a parallel with the plantation. This isn't, this ain't a slavery um, history or anything like that, but it's to show um, how the workforce is being established and how it's ran, right? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this that I'm done with it, but understand how it, how much it is like a plantation because how they treat you is that your time ain't even yours. So they give you PTO, right? But it's really so that they can manage your personal time. One thing I always tell people on the job force, I remember telling a director of the company that in his, you know, to him or around other supervisors. And I'll, and I'll say this to a lot of people. I'm like, yo, um, when they ask me, yo, what are you doing? You got no work to do. I'm like, what work? I'm being paid for my time. I'm here because you using my time. I'm selling you my time. You know what I'm saying? And they always yeah. looked at me like I'm saying something crazy. But that's that's the reality of it. My time is my time. I own it. I'm leasing it in some cases or selling it to you. Well, probably selling it because I can't get it back. So I'm selling you my time. So primarily, I get to decide what I do with this time. But here's the thing about the PTO and all of that. It's all a concept, sick days. It's all a concept for them to control what what primarily belong to you. So meaning, it's because the concept of how they did the plantation, they own you. I had to fight with a supervisor about taking days off more than three days off for my aunt dying because there was a lot of things that needed to be done in traveling and i had to justify that to her i didn't i didn't do much of that i just argued this is the this is the time i want in the story i'm not discussing my personal life what i need to do and they that ruthless so i say that, that to say that they really believe these strategies pto and so on now don't get me wrong you gotta work you gotta work but listen if i don't want to work I believe you should have backup somebody that's, you know, higher more um, more than the exact number of staff. And so when people are out, it, you know, they can, you know, uh, 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 back people up. Right. So that's what I wanted to say about that. But look, um, some other stuff that I know that, you know, we kind of touched on earlier before we recorded this podcast is um, them having the HNIC. Right. Um, and the burden of being that kind of HNIC. You know what I'm saying? Mm, um, mm. Which to me ain't never house niggas You know what I'm saying um, Especially when it comes to black supervisors You know what I'm saying I'm not trying to say any black person in the super- That's a supervisor have that mindset and behavior But typically that's the standard that I've noticed 
Like, what is your take on that being the uh, um um? Now I know it, it's 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 two different perspectives that I, you know that you've established that when we talked about it. But what is your take on that? Um, be, uh, the burden of having to be that H N I C, but also the aspect of being a house nigga instead. Oof, okay, so, <laughs> huh? So I've been in management for many, many years, right? And previously, like I said, with the Black Home Organization, you know, I was the director, right? Um, so I was a part of senior management. Um, and then in previous positions, same thing. Um, my style is a little bit different than other people, and for me to explain that, I also got to do a little bit of history lesson. Right. Mm-hmm. So the American education system was never designed to build anything more than factory workers. OK, yeah. let's keep that in mind. Um, the American um, education system is actually quite obsolete. And I think the world, again, began to realize that once COVID hit, um, which is why so many people are scrambling now to figure out how to keep kids engaged. But I digress. The point is, when you went to school, you were primarily um, programmed to go out and find a good job, right? Um, Before 9-11 hit, you know, as a New Yorker, you know, you finished high school and it was like, okay, you can go work for the post office, you can work for MCA, you can work for many different places and not necessarily need a college degree. They just want you to complete high school. Um, In most high schools, middle schools, and elementary schools in this country right now, they're not teaching you viable skills about what it means to start a business. Um, They're not really teaching you about what your credit score is, what it is to finance a business, finance a home, real estate investment. Those are not um, courses that are being taught. Those are not necessarily all of the avenues towards entrepreneurship, right? Um, But it's not being... It's not being um, put into us. It's not part of um, the canon of American education. So therefore, when you graduate and you get a good job and you rise up and become management, you know, you're like, yay, I, I made it. You feel like you're doing great. But ultimately, you're shining. Yes, you may shine in your position, but you're shining for someone else. Right. Now, to, to tie that into my management style, I despise being the person that's constantly hovering and micromanaging. Right. I always encourage my staff, um, guys, you're not just my staff, we're a team. So I need your input on how things went. And this may sound bad, but I used to always tell them, I would love for you to stay, but mm-hmm. I'm going to encourage you to grow or go. And grow or go doesn't mean I'm kicking you out the door. But in this position, I need you to get something out of it, not just for me, not just for the kids. Get something out of it for yourself. What are you going to take and take from this and move on? You know, if I had a teacher aide and I see they're coming in, teacher aides didn't make much. You know, they were making, what, $16 an hour, um, 15 hours a week. Right. Which may in a lot of places right now, that sounds fantastic. Mm -hmm. But if you're doing that for a couple of years, you become complacent because now you're stuck in that position. Right. Now you feel like I got a good job. Right. And you're content with that. And you take that digested and that becomes your daily meal of going to this job. But for me, my concern was 
I, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm in a position where I'm educating kids, but I need these teachers, teacher aides to also be role models in some other capacity. And I also need to help them teach themselves. You understand what I'm saying? So for many of them, I would say, you know, (laughs) they would laugh. But I'd be like, um, are you going back to school? You know, um, are you taking any type of course? I noticed that you're really good with numbers. Have you ever considered this? You know, there's a um, a real estate company that's going to come in and speak with our kids. You know, I really think that you should sit in on this program. In other words, to me, there is a burden on the HNIC, so to speak, <laughs> to help uplift and motivate You know, that's part of the game. That's part of the game for many black folks that were taught in their homes. Like I know I was, I'm sure you was as well, that you're not just a representation of your household, you're a representation of your community too. So to me, there is a burden for me. That's what I carry in terms of making sure that anybody who is um, on my team, that I have to make sure that I carry them until they lead their own team. Right, and right. how whatever way they see fit. Okay, um, okay. Now, now I'll take this part quickly. I think it looks different in different organizations. Right, right, you know, right. I'm I'm still with that whole when you work for a predominantly white organization. I know we get that. No, I know you're gonna get to these other stuff, but mm, it's, it's juicy. <laughs> I know that there is stress of having a code switch. I know right. there's stress of you know. How I'm talking with you, I know if I if I'm around them, I may I may switch up something. I may say a few different words, right? Right, right. Um, I may not necessarily wear my head wrap today, even though my head wrap might be popping, right? Right, right. Um, I know a few of us that have you know work wigs that we put on for the computer screen, right? <laughs> sisters, sisters out there, I know y'all know them headband wigs. They they save many lives, right? Right, right, exactly, so, exactly. Okay. But hey, yo, Mel, uh, uh, give me one second. Look, let's let's take a quick break and, and, and hold your thought. We'll pick right back where you left off. Okay. Uh, I also kind of remember watching people that went to work every day and how they uh, hated their jobs. So I kind of felt like, okay, so part of being an adult means that you have to go to this place that you don't enjoy, that you're going to come home and complain about every day. Uh, and then also... I saw this weird cycle when it came to money where it's uh, you go to work, you make enough money to pay your bills and then uh, you run out of money and then you go back to work to get more money to pay the bills again. And then you run out of money and then you just rinse and repeat, just repeat that cycle over and over again until you're too old to work and then you eventually just die. And then your children start over exactly where you started. Let's work. Alright, so look, we right back to it. Um so Mel, look, you were saying, go ahead, let you know. Well my my point overall is this there's a, a burden to be that good you know, the good black manager, the good HNIC. And I think many people in corporate, nonprofit, wherever you are um, in this country or outside, yeah. um, you carry that burden to be seen as something good. And you also carry a burden of you trying to uplift your people. So, yeah. No doubt. So, so basically, that's some good niggas. But you know what I, you know what I discovered? 
um, most of the H N I C is the house niggas. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Those are house mm. niggas in charge. How that, that's the N I C house niggas in charge. Um, most of the black supervisors that I, um, you know, encountered, a lot of them were cool on a personal level. But I realized that people are not true to themselves when it comes to the money, and we all know that that's in a lot of areas, right? Be it like we 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 accuse rappers of that all the time, right? That they fake it. To make it, or they fake it for the sake of the money, right. you know, their street, right. street, street credibility. I mean, even the chicks claiming to be such whores, most of them I believe, because I, you know, who am I to deny your destiny? If you say you were meant to be a hoe, that's that's what it is. But I said, say, <laughs> <laughs> my point is, even some of the female rappers, like a, a lot of them weren't really about that. They realized that's what sell, sell, and they speak about that, right? And we spoke about that in um, last season and all that. The point is to say, people will fake it to make it. But here's the thing. Let's move it back to the H and I C, the house niggas in charge, right? Those versions, not as you just explained, right? Um, uh, <laughs> with them, is they real cool? They real? Some of them were, were were real woke, woke. But when Massa, you know what I'm saying? When Massa Stacy come around, or Massa whatever, whoever, right? Their their boss, right? And and let me interject. With the word boss I want to clarify this real quick Right For a lot of people to understand The word boss is a, um, Come from a Dutch word um, That I think is spelled Boss B-A-S Or another You know Variant to that But it means master So all they really have people <laughs> To do is call a master In a different language Because if you had to say master It'll sound like it's, this is still a plantation being ran, which it is the same management style. In fact, management of today has not changed. All it did mm. was consider the new work environment and strategize according to the new society. But the uh, foundation is the exact same. I say that to say the word boss means boss. It means master. I don't call nobody boss when them suckers try to talk about I'm your boss. I look at them like I'm I'm, I'm not calling you that. But whatever. Mm. I get that most people are used to that. But it's only to say the H N I C the house niggas in charge. It's the same mindset that they have because when they boss come around their whole wokeness they go back to sleep. Yeah. They go back to yeah. sleep. But not only that they go back to sleep but they also whoop on niggas. They said, no, master, mm. give me the whip. I'll whip these niggas for you. I know them better than you. I know mm. where it hurts, master. Master, mm. this nigga don't feel no pain. He's high. Mm. Give me the whip. I'll wait when that high comes down, master. And I'm going to whip him. He's going to feel the pain. So you wouldn't know if he high or not, master. But I do. I do. So the point to say is these how the, the H, those H N I C, they are a burden to the working black person you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. when they could be um the obstacle to the systematic strategic racism that most of these white supervisors are about yes i say that most of them are because i experienced them and and when i uh, i'm at the place that i work for state farm um right here in atlanta they are racist as hell you know what I'm saying? I know a lot of black people will cap for them, but the real ones know what I'm talking about because they experience it, right? But you know, look, hmm. let me tell you what these you know, people do. They had something even called, um, their culture was drinking the Kool-Aid. Now, you know, you old enough to know where, the, where that cool, drink the Kool-Aid come from, right? If I mention yeah. the word Jim Jones to you, m most people listening are gonna say, ballin', nah, we ain't talking about that Jim Jones. You know what I'm saying? No, no. Jim mm -hmm. Jones evil bastard had a bunch of people believing in him um 
and what they believe in was actually bad for them to the point where they drunk his Kool-Aid and they all they did was kill themselves. So this company, that was their actual model to buy into us, right? And I'm only using them as, <clears throat> as how many corporations are. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to accuse every single person within the corporation but the corporation the the, the the corporate system is 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 founded on it and if we go back to what i was mentioning is that the um you know modern management is closely linked or directly come from the managing plantation you know what i'm saying so hence my whole premise of is your job like a plantation look mel i know i know we on time that is to say, you, you know, you ain't here for too long, but I just wanted to get your take. And look, come back and, you know, let's let's politics some more because 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 we ain't done. There's a whole lot more to talk about because I'm on this work series. Right. And I won't have them um, one episode after another, but I'm going to keep coming back to the work because, look, I'll say this and I'm going to let you go. One of the biggest thing about um, this new wave of social justice and everything. Mel, do you notice that they talked about everything? Right. Social yeah. justice in the workforce. Um, they changing everything, right? Woman movement, LGBT, black, uh, 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 BLM. But the one thing they are avoiding and not talking about is changes in the workplace for social justice. Yeah. And they only, yeah. the, the the best the workplace is doing is diversity and inclusion. Get that, right. man, please. So look, Mel, close it out and uh, we go wrap it up for this episode, but uh, um, let the people know what you got to tell them about these plantation or anything else you want to know <laughs> and look and i know you got some t-shirts line popping you know what i'm saying <laughs> so plug that and all that good stuff what's popping yes 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 so i have a little t-shirt line um called foreign partner um you all could check it out um it's foreign f-o-r-e-i-g-n underscore partner underscore abroad um repping a little bit of caribbean culture um, through t-shirts um, and you know if you like any part of the Caribbean whether you're from there or you like to visit quite often you'll find something for yourself there yeah that's what it is that's what it is anything you gotta say to your job like kiss your ass anything like that <laughs> you know what kiss I'm your black ass baby okay <laughs> I'll say I'll say to my colleagues breathe because I know many many of them today in particular, I think they're, they're stifling and many of them, they're still in that sunken place and they need to breathe. Yeah. Come out the sunken place, you coons. Okay, okay, okay. I, look, not, not her <laughs> colleagues. That was a general statement because I don't want you guys... <laughs> <laughs> At any rate, um, I'll speak on her behalf. This Don't quote her, but kiss a black ass. All right? <laughs> All right, now, we go holler. All right, then. This podcast is brought to you by Unseen Product. Produced, recorded, and edited by producer and mix engineer, Unseen. Thanks for listening. Unseen Product.